morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Hey guys, today on CarCast, we're going to do a little bit of a LA Auto Show preview. We're going to talk about the Rimac Nevera. We're going to talk about Ford Raptor R, what's going on with Lexus and Adidas, uh, a whole lot more. Before we get started, here's Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Hello. How are you? I have the Garage Build Blues. <laughs> the Garage Build Blues. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, we'll get into that in a second. I just want to uh, first uh, uh, kick things off with a shout-out to uh, our friend Jay Leno. Um, uh, we don't have a lot of details on his accident, um, but we we know it's – you know, it's serious. Uh, he, he got burned. We don't know the extent of his burns um, or exactly how it happened. We just heard it in his garage. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it's terrible. He's such a good dude. You know, he's nothing. he's been nothing but the best to all of us here. Uh, and we just kind of w- wish him the best. It's, um, yeah, I, hopefully it's not nearly as bad as as – as what some are saying. I, I really, yeah, hope I, just, you know, it's like, it's like anything else. You're going to hear all kind of different news. People want to be the first ones to get something out there, but you know, from his statement, he just needs some time off for a couple of weeks. You know, he'll get back to his feet. I mean, who knows? We obviously hope the best. He's like you said, he's such a true friend, not only personally, but to the show and especially to the hobby, man. I mean, he's, he's our leader. Kind of. He is. He's definitely. This generation's freaking leader. I mean, you know, this car world, I've taken a lot of notes from from his script, you know, and he continues, you know, day in and day out to set an example for us people who live and breathe and, you know, petrol. So, um, yeah, hats off to him and uh, hope for the best for sure. Yeah. Uh, and if we get any more details, um, you know, we'll, we'll gladly share them. But I, I just don't want to get into and speculate now the severity no. of his injuries. That's not up for us know. to speculate. We'll, we'll wait for a statement from his people and we'll just go with that. But until 
in the meantime. And let's, listen, if 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 he calls or texts or reaches out to you or Adam or something and and allows us to to speak, then fine. But in the meantime, you know, we really just wish him the best. As you said, he's not just uh, someone we kind of look up to and learn from in the automotive space, but also in the entertainment space. So, uh, you know, he's, he's always been great for us. Yeah, I got to come clean with you. He's like my dad. Like, I mean, <laughs> I look at him. He reminds me so much of my dad. And every time I'm around him, he's just a good dude. And I, I mean, I remember conversations when he's driving my granny's, you know, 62 Thunderbird, man. And yeah. We're talking about life and I'm just learning from a dude, you know, and it's just so happens to be Jay Leno. So, yeah, he's uh, he's he's the man. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, OK, so. uh yeah, garage update. You're up. You're back in town. I know there was a bit of traveling, and of course the SEMA madness and the post SEMA madness. And uh, you got home, and there was stuff done on your garage, and I'm sure that felt good. And now, I don't know. I we we, we I saw it on Instagram. I saw that the walls are up. It looks like the interior, the facades and stuff are, are coming together. So. It's it's getting there. Maybe not quite at the pace that you hope every day, but it's getting there. Yeah, I mean, you just yearn for small little advancements where I am right now. But, I mean, they're, it's just deep, final details now, like soffits, window soffits. You know, that, those got to go in before the windows go in. And the windows, you know, are three days out. And then the, it's just one thing after another. The garage door debacle that we've had with that, you know, at least the ones that are mounted will be functional, hopefully, today so you know we're making huge strides but it's just it's not happening at the pace that you really want it to happen uh, unless like 10 or 15 cars there and there's trades like you know having to stumble over to get shit done i'm not happy so um you know that's yeah right right big of our workforce and i guess at the end of the day the planning and going into it but anyway i'm happy with where we are I just am not happy with how quickly we're getting to the next step. So I need stairs, man. We we got to stairs and, and railings are a huge issue with this build. And, you know, once they're completed, it's going to be freaking, you know, that's a huge check mark to, to go off the list, but you know, they can't finish until they start. We haven't started yet. So, right. I wanted to ask you about the garage doors real quick, because we spoke about it in the past. You've got, the, they're they're all huge, but they're sort of two different sizes and uh, three different sizes or four different sizes. Twenty four feet, sixteen feet, and fourteen. And the the calculations were done on the garage doors, but with the big, heavy, sort of hurricane proof glass that's in there, added a lot of weight. And as the the garage rolled up, the tracks were not strong enough and they were bowing. And I've seen that stuff. It's just, it's very, very thin kind of tin like metal. Those tracks are in what, what's the solution? What are they going to be able to come up with a, a thicker track or reduce the weight of the door? Like what? Well, what, what they did from my understanding was the outer thickness of the, of the, the brackets where, where the, glass is installed have been uh reinforced and the the bracing there's cross bracing not cross bracing but there's bracing that goes horizontal throughout you know 
there's one the, the per per panel there's two braces and in the prior design it literally called if you remember for one of those braces to go through my glass yeah through the yeah which, so it would be a line through sense. the grass yeah yeah so we didn't we didn't install those and the braces that we did put on supposedly were fine for the rate and ended up not to be so the fix is the rigidity on the exterior and the um, addition of more horizontal braces. So cross your fingers and hopefully that happens and it, uh, it rectifies the situation. Now, I will not lie and say that they did send us sets, you know, four sets of new 24-foot doors last week and they arrived all, all damaged. So, so, you know... <clears throat> hurry up and wait. That's that's all I can say. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have doors functioning, you know, unless you look with the microscope and you're, you're the person who has paid the money for it, you can't really tell that they're damaged, but you know, they'll be functional at the end of today. And th- that means uh, all I care about is getting cars in. So next week I'm going to start pulling cars in. I bought some ramps today. The concrete won't, or the asphalt won't be finished. So I'll have, you know, a seven inch drop, from the concrete, you know, to, to. Oh, right. You know. So the, the slab that the building is built on, it's still surrounded by dirt. So you can't Same. get a car up there without a ramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got so you. I bought two sets of ramps today. So I'm prepping and, you know, it's all good, man. Yeah. The will, there's a way. As long as those garage doors can go up and I have a ramp to, you know, to get my very uh, low cars up there, then I'm good, man. So nothing's going to stop. Yeah, right. I saw you moving some around, some of the cars around, and uh, it, it's it's nice to see some of those things again. Haven't seen them in a while. My God, I mean, <laughs> nobody even knows what I have anymore. Nor do I. But you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I went to the garage. I'm going to head there tomorrow too, and just continue to get everything prepped. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff to transport, man. It's, I mean, the tires alone. Uh, I must yeah. have seven five tires out there. So I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting move and a move that is not going to take one day. It's probably going to take two weeks. So I'm going to start it next week and we'll see how it goes, man. I was uh, I was messing with you a little bit on your Instagram when you posted the cars coming out. And I was like, those things have been in storage for a minute. I was like, the most used thing is going to be that wash bay. Yeah, because <laughs> they're going to be uh, you get them in there, though, you got to cover them up and protect them as you guys are finishing the the last stuff of the, you know, in, in that garage. Well, you- yeah, what I think I'm going to do is it's a toss up. Do I just bring the cars in as is and then pull them all out after everything's finished and run them through the wash bay or just bring them through the wash bay on their way in, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, washing them can happen multiple times. That's that's the easy part. Uh, but you know, getting covers on them because if you're going to be moving some stuff around and uh, and and who knows what as as the building settles into place, you might want something a little more than just a car cover. You might want to you know do a car cover, and maybe a little pe- you know a few pieces of you know a cardboard. Something like bubble. that, you know, just, yeah, just something, you know, like on the hoods and the, in the, in the roof and the trunk, you know, oh, yeah. just something flat. You just don't want anything falling from the ceiling or anything. And, and well, what I've done is I've strategically placed everything that still needs to be done 
uh, as far as pallet wise in the middle of the garage. I'll, I'll, yeah. the pictures I put up aren't super recent, but I put every, I've mobilized everything in the middle. So there's a clear lane in and out everywhere. And then there needs to be, I'm going to get all the work finished over the, the lifts so that once I pull those cars in, there's nobody going to be anywhere near. Right. Just get them up on the lifts and at least get them out of the way and up in the air or whatever for now. Yeah. 90% of the work that still needs to be done is upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw some of the stuff from upstairs. I zoomed in on what's going on up there. And I know you got your gym and the podcast studio and all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it looks good. It's a big project. I know we talk about it all the time, but this is a big project that's going on. I kind of like, just from a construction standpoint, the learning experience and sort of the the ups and downs of getting all of this done, everything from the very beginning to where, like, stuff you, you know, out of sight, out of mind now, but the ground was frozen, and that took a – that was a bitch trying to just <laughs> dig holes in the ground, and we don't even talk about that anymore. But, like, these are some of the things you don't really anticipate – uh, when when taking on a construction project like this, um, but it's I I'm not hearing this much about it. I'm not put off yet by the idea of building something one day. No, I still just, like the idea of, of building. Right? Something. Yeah, it has to be the right time, the right design, and you have to understand what you're undertaking. I I, I didn't. Maybe my design wouldn't have been the way that it is with these structural beams because it's, it might be super overkill, right? Why didn't I just build it just like a house? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I think the one thing I've, I've taken away from these conversations over the last, you know, months and months is, is now knowing more of the questions to ask if oh, you yes. take on a construction project, you know, oh, like, yeah. As you really start to dig into it, it's it's easy to sort of just look at the plans and look at the renderings and on a high level go, oh, that's cool. We've got doors here and we can put a gym here and cars can enter this way and enter that way. But now that you know the details, you start going, where's the landing for the stairs and what corner does it face? Is it facing a door? Is it facing an exit? And how, you know, and then what are the size of the doors and how are they going to be built? And where are you going to put fans? Where are you going to put lighting? Are, are, are fans blocking the lights? Is it going to be a strobe light if a fan goes on? Like, you know, just all these little details you start to think about, but you, you, you don't really know them all until you go through the project and learn them. Now you, you tend to lean on all of your contractors and all of your vendors to be aware of those things. But I have found that's not always the case. Look, we, we, (laughs) listen, with, with our beverage company, with Bravago, it's just like we hired the vendors, we hired the consultants to, to do as much as possible for us. It's mostly the more cost-effective way. You don't want to build a factory from scratch. It's the more most cost-effective way. But now that we learn the process and we see where the screw-ups are and where the mistakes are, uh, you know, we're so aware of the questions to ask and the things to 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 look at. Uh, there's so many details that – we as the owners in this case, right, as of a beverage company, of a building, uh, we are now more aware of the questions and the details to look at that nobody else will look at. 
to a sickening level. It, that's it, you know. And I I know it seems like a lot, like it seems very big brotherish. Like, why do you even care about that? I was like, because nobody else will if I won't. And you can you can ratchet up or ratchet down the level of concern that we should have for a particular item, right? Uh, but zero is not the right number. Zero but concern the, is not the right number. At the end of the day, it's an item and we're paying for it and we should choose exactly what we want. And therefore, we should know all of the issues getting to that point. And if there are, then if there aren't, then that's the way we go. If there are issues, then we may have to rethink it. Yeah, that, that's all you can ask for is, you know, somebody competent to lead you through it. And, you know, all the cliches of reinventing the wheel. I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it just would be. I don't know. I, I don't I, I'm, I'm I don't Look, know. It, it's it, when you're when you're building a car, modifying a car, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same process, you know, uh, of doing a, a big garage or a house or whatever. Like it's a lot of, of the same process. And still to this day, I mean, how many times have we talked to uh, vendors or been to the SEMA show and go, oh, you know, I was thinking about doing the car this way and adding this and adding that. And then somebody goes, yeah, that I don't recommend you do that. I've done it three times and I don't like this particular part or this doesn't work with that. There's always, there's always a thing. And just uh, – just reading the books and the magazines are not going to get you there. Reading the stuff online is not going to get you there. No, <laughs> but also, you know, taking advice from other people and their builds and their experiences uh, is is a huge factor, and you should do that. But it it, it never covers exactly what your needs are. It, it because, doesn't. No, you know, Rob who went with us. Uh, uh, to the comedy club, uh, Arizona, yeah. you know, he built a really beautiful garage. I've kind of held his hand along the way and learned from his mistakes. And, you know, I've kind of copied a couple things here and there. And some of the things I've copied may have worked for him, but they haven't worked for me yet. So it's, um, uh, there's a lot of personal preference go that goes into it. My suggestion is just be there as much as you can along along the way because when a decision needs to be made and you're not there physically to make it then you can't blame anyone but yourself if you if yeah. that you know so i mean it's just it's literally every nook and cranny is is an issue yeah but uh all right it's gonna so be awesome. um yeah looking forward to more of it um some stuff that's coming up. Let's see. Like we said, uh, LA Auto Show is coming up pretty soon. Consumer Reports just listed uh, – they just released their their – I guess their annual survey for 2022 of, of most reliable cars and most unreliable cars. As far as most reliable cars, I don't think it's a surprise that we see Toyota and Lexus at the top of those lists. They've oh, always no. done very, very well. Um the Toyota Corolla Hybrid is 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 number one on the list. Lexus GX is number two. Uh, Mini Cooper number three. I'm a little surprised by that mm. actually. And then uh, Toyota Prius, Mazda Miata, Lincoln Corsair, Toyota Corolla, Subaru Crosstrek is number eight. 
BMW 3 Series and then the Toyota Prius Prime. So, you know, Prius is uh, on on the list twice. Uh, So we got one, two, three, four Toyotas and a Lexus. So five of the top ten are from the Lexus and Toyota. So not real surprised by that. I think you're going to be more surprised by the list of least reliable. Now, some of this is because new models were introduced and they get a little buggy on the first year and some things like that. And uh, uh, But anyway, um, uh, number 10, Jeep Wrangler. Number 9, Mercedes-Benz GLE. I'm a little surprised. I thought Mercedes was a little bit – Better a uh, number eight Jeep Gladiator, um, and uh, this is where it gets interesting. We've got some trucks on the list. Number seven Chevy Silverado, uh, number six is Chevy Bolt, and eh, not too surprised. Number five Ford Explorer, Nissan Sentra, Lincoln Aviator. Number three, that's an interesting one because Adam has an Aviator and uh, uh, he's had a few issues with it. And now I'm curious to see if if it's justified being number three least reliable. Uh, number two, Hyundai Kona Electric, and number one, least reliable, Ford F one fifty Hybrid. Jesus, I'm I'm definitely surprised by Blabber. Ford F one fifty. Maybe yeah. not surprised by Hybrid when you're when you're taking something that's tried and true, like your Chevy Silverados and your Rams and your your Jeeps and uh, and F one fifties, and then. You you throw in hybrid technologies and EV technologies. Uh, I, I think you're going to run into a couple of issues. I mean, I I'm only eight or nine hundred miles, maybe a thousand miles into my 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 Ford Lightning, and haven't had any issues uh, per se. Um, I I'm not going to be surprised if there are going to be issues. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know. Okay. You know, you don't want it to happen, but uh, I, you know, we got it with that notion in mind, right? You know, f- first gen, first time, early on the production list. Uh, you know, it's a chance you take, and yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a risk you always take, right? And you know, you, you kind of hope some over the air updates and a few things like that take some of the pain out of this. Um, and I've noticed probably. Three over-the-air updates that just happened automatically, and I got alerted to saying there's a couple of fixes that it did and uh, bug fixes and things like that. Um, the one thing I will say is I'm, I'm sure it's my driving style. I don't know if it's anything else, but for a truck that's rated 300 miles uh, on range with a full charge, I never got 300 miles on a full charge. Um, I, uh, I, I got two seventy something on a full charge, and I charged it the other day, not to full charge. I charged it to about eighty percent, and on my app, it would said, you know, because I had to leave at like uh, six o'clock at night. I had to leave, um, but it said, oh, it'll be fully charged by ten or something at night. And expected range was like 254, right? So it's kind of giving me an estimated full charge range, right? Now, even if I hot rod the thing around, drive it like a sports car and get on it every now and then, I, I'm I'm definitely not drag racing it at every stoplight, but I, 
I, I probably am driving it, you know, 30% more aggressive than the average person. But does that equate to roughly a 40-mile range deficiency? Um, I guess I was just expecting the vehicle to be a little smarter. I, you know what I'm saying? You know, like I – I, I was kind of expecting it to like – no, here's the other thing is – maybe this is a question for Alistair as well when we get him back on. Alistair from Edmonds is – you know, it's it's had a couple of cold mornings. So I've been using the seat heaters and, you know, and, you know, and I the, – the radio is always on and then, you know, it's smart enough that – when I set the temperature, it's smart enough to, to either turn on the AC or just use the vent and turn the AC off and use the outside air. If the air is 61 degrees outside and I want it, you know, 72 in the car or 70 in the car, it's not going to turn the air on. It, it kind of figures that out just by hitting auto. But I'm wondering how much draw like all of these things like heated seats and stereo and things like that, you know, uh, are, are a factor. Um, and when Ford goes, oh, this should, you know, this should be 300 mile range. Okay, but I ordered, you know, the Platinum Edition with the B and O Unleashed sound system with I don't know what it's got, 13 speakers, 20 speakers. They're in the they're in the head. Yeah, I mean the speakers are in the headrests, they're in the the hood, the the the, the liner up, uh, the roof liner, they're like they're just kind of everywhere, and you know it's good, and it, it's you know I enjoy it, and I'm fine with 250 mile range. I'm just saying, I was sold a vehicle with 300 mile range, you know, up to look okay, let's qualify it up to 300 mile range. I'm just a little surprised that my driving style. Knocks it down to like two fifty five, two sixty range. So now I'm kind of curious to be like, oh well, what if I just try to drive as normal as I can? How long does it learn? How many charges or how many miles will it take for it to learn that my range could be higher? You know, but it, but what can it do to adjust it? Well. I think first and foremost, it's it's me not having a heavy foot, right? The biggest draw on the battery. But that's tell you that yeah. it's going to run the battery down more, and there's nothing that can happen because the battery only has a certain capacity. Yeah. You know, so I mean, those tests that they ran, quite obviously, with the, I mean, look at Lucid to get as many miles as humanly possible. I'm sure the thing never had a, any anything electric on in it when it was running the test and it was probably the lead option model and it has goofy looking wheels on it. I mean, they're doing anything and everything as, as the horsepower, the people seeking horsepower will do anything and everything to get that half of horsepower. Right. But it's a completely different conversation when you bring up, well, how about all the accessories that I paid extra for? How about, you know, can I go with the heated seats and the stereo and the 18 speakers stereo blast and then, you know, the cruise control on and and not have a drop in my range? I, I don't think the answer is yes. Yeah. Listen, I, I drove it down to San Diego and back, that area, Oceanside and back for HRE wheels. The guys from Borla borrowed the truck and they drove it from, you know, from Venice to Ventura or 
or something like that, Ventura County, Oxnard, wherever they are and back. So of the thousand miles that I have on the car, uh, on the truck, half of it is freeway miles at probably 70 plus miles an hour. Because I come out here to the studio uh, and this is a 60 mile round trip and this is the longest trip that I I, I take. Around town, I'm, I'm, I go five miles. You know, mm-hmm. around town and stoplights and stop and go. So of the thousand miles that I put on it, at least half of that is freeway miles. So pushing that truck and that weight at 75, 80 miles an hour and using the cruise control, the blue cruise or whatever, like you, you said, I am curious. So I would say to, uh, to you guys listening, anybody with an electric vehicle, um, what are you guys getting for range versus what's advertised in the vehicle? I am curious if your driving style uh, does make a difference. I'm not complaining about that. I'm fine with 250. I'm just saying – I'm just, just sort of a public advisory is I, if you bought a vehicle with less range, like a 230-mile range – does that mean you're going to be getting 190 or 180? Because now that really starts to make a difference. Probably. You know? So I, I am curious, like, what are you driving? How accurate is your range? What's your driving style? Are you hypermiling it? Are you, is range your focus? Um, I Admittedly, I range is not my focus. I don't live that far from my warehouse where I go to work every day. Uh, so... I can still charge it once a week with 250 mile range. I don't go that far normally with this vehicle, uh, so not that big of a deal to me. And and I I enjoy driving it. So yeah, when I pull out of my warehouse parking lot and I got this nice stretch of road and no one's around, I lean on it a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's fun to kind of get thrown back in the seat of that thing uh, uh, a little bit. So. I'd be interested to see what the what. The- what the rate of loss of my of range is with the Tesla Plaid owners? Uh, I'm just curious. Know, Tesla a lot Plaid. of them are buying those to haul ass. Right. right. They're 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 more my driving style. Right. I'd love yeah. to see that comparison. But but listen, if you got a, a Model Three or something and you drive it the way I kind of drive, like tell what's what's going on with the range? Is it is it smarter? But also anything else that's electric it doesn't have to just be Tesla. I know Tesla is the most out there, but I am just kind of curious uh, what you guys are doing with with range um, and uh, and your driving style. But uh, that being said. Uh, the EPA ratings for the Raptor R are out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, the official and- ratings are 10 miles per gallon city, 15 highway, 12 combined. Uh, okay. Um, compared to what I get. Yeah. So I guess compared to the TRX, the TRX is rated at uh, 14 highway. Um, versus the Raptor R's 15 highway. So I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think anybody's buying it for that. I mean, I, I know you can do the right. math and you can be like, it saves me a thousand bucks a year or whatever. I, I just don't think you're buying it for that. If you're buying a 700 horsepower monster truck, I don't think that's really the issue. <laughs> but I listen, I, I the big tires make all the difference in the world, right? It's, it's, and, and actually to your point, 
if you put the bigger tires on your TRX, whatever 15 mile per gallon highway you were getting is probably less now because you've just added weight and and a much bigger tire and changing gear ratios and stuff. So, right. So that's not why you buy it, right? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, get those figures are in the single digits. I mean, but it it, it is what it is. You yeah. you that if you think that it's going to be any otherwise, you're a moron. So <laughs> that's all I could say. Uh, I think the fun factor far outweighs the miles per Not gallon even, of these vehicles because we're getting them right. Guys are getting them and they're like yeah. 700 horsepower. That's cool. I want 900 horsepower. Right. That's, that's the point. That's kind of the oh, point. No, I don't want that. Cause I'll get less than 10 miles per gallon. Who gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to electric Rimac just set the record for world's fastest electric vehicle. They did a little like two minute video, uh, of, by the way, I, I'm still so impressed with this vehicle. I'm impressed with what Mate Rimac and 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 the whole what this guy is doing, the company's doing. He's a young guy. He's now in charge of Rimac and and I think I'm saying that right. And and Bugatti and and uh, like the, what he's able to do in the automotive world as a young executive and and visionary. Um, I think is impressive. I know there's a lot of attention on Elon Musk and what he's done with Tesla, but uh, we should be paying attention to this guy. He's not just creating a crazy supercar, right? Like Christian von Koenigsegg, smart guy, smart engineer, builds a crazy supercar, built a good company. But what Rimac is doing is he's taken over Bugatti as well. Like this is he's he's formed a partnership with VW Group and Porsche, whatever, and and managed his way. And I don't know for sure, but I think the guy's still in his thirties. Hmm. Right? Like this is impressive. So that being said, he also managed to put together a car with one thousand nine hundred and fourteen horsepower. Yes. And they took it out to the test track in Germany, and I'm, you know, I know it's outfitted with you know electronics and roll cages and all kinds of stuff. Whatever they need to do, you got the greatest minds working on this thing: tire pressure and battery charge, and whatever. But God bless them, 258 miles an hour, <laughs> and uh, it sounds wicked. Like it's just terrifying. It's 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 crazy. So they um. They ran it on a 2.5 mile. Uh, uh, I guess they ran it on a big oval that has the oval has two straightaways on each side that are two and a half miles long. So this is massive, <laughs> massive. Um, so they they you know they obviously got a good environment to do it. But listen, kudos to these guys. And in the video, when they see they hit that 258 mile an hour, well. For them, it's 412 kilometers, and you see the celebration on it, and we're like, "Yeah, that's it's it's a team doing this. It's a, it's a awesome dedicated team that are, that are really, really, you know, definitely raising the bar, right? If I want to watch it purely for the sound, yeah, or it's lack, a, lack thereof, yeah, it's it, it's definitely got to make some sound. It's definitely doing that, but oh yeah, just the wind alone. Um, okay, so uh, there was an event this this past week. As we said, the LA Auto Show is coming into town. The press day starts on Thursday. Um, 
This uh, this movie Wakanda Forever is a huge hit. That's out now. And Lexus was the sponsor and the car used in the first movie, Black Panther. So they re-upped their partnership. Um, but Lexus did something that's kind of interesting. So Lexus teamed up with Adidas. And Adidas has a program for students. Uh, they, they call it SEED, S-E-E-D. It's the School for Experiential Education in Design. And it's kind of um, like an incubator program for, for young students to get into design and fashion and, and some other things. And this was an opportunity for them, I would say, aspiring, aspiring fashion designers to uh, lend their hand in card design as well. And uh, so I was invited to the event. I saw the Lexus, um, the the RX 500H F Sports, the hybrid F Sport SUV that they put together. And um, it was cool. The, all the students were there. All the kids were there. They made a speech. They walked through their design process. It was a very, very exciting night for them. Um, it, was, it was kind of a red carpet deal. And they had the car there and they had designs of the – you know the uniforms and the outfits from the movies and and stuff, and uh, they did some cool stuff. First of all, they the way they explained it, they approached the design on um, designing this Wakanda Forever exterior design theme. The color package was well. What if Wakanda was a sports team? And with the purples and the golds, like how would we approach it for that? And they did a very cool job of sort of starting with this matte black base of the vehicle and then doing a bunch of different um, uh, stripes uh, with purple and gold. And they gave it a very, very cool effect. Um, But you really got to check out the interior. What they did on the interior was a lot of texture on the seats and the headrests which look like like this very organic kind of webbing. It was 3D printed. They 3D printed the headrest and came up with this really cool design. So um, I'll post some pictures of that. It was, uh, it was kind of fun to see. Uh, honestly, I didn't see the movie. I don't know if this vehicle is in the movie uh, yet. I just haven't been to a theater in forever. But, uh, um, but this was a great design exercise, and it was a great program for Lexus and Adidas and the school uh, to to do. And it was kind of kind of fun to see. So, yeah. Anytime you can get kids involved with cars, that's a great thing. I will tell you, like this was a big deal to them. This was so exciting for them, and it was really cool to see and to be able to. And uh, you know the. The one girl that was there and uh, making the speech, and she was like emceeing the event. Her notes were on her phone, and uh, you know, just just smile ear to ear, but nervous. And and uh, you know, she she did a great job. And afterward, I was like, "You did a really good job." I was like, "I've been down this road before. I've done this a million times, and have been nervous." And I go, you did a great job. This is a great program. And it was just one of the other kids that were like doing it. And she was like, oh my God. So thank you for telling me. I was so nervous. My hands were so sweaty. I thought I was going to drop my phone. I was like, no, no, you did a great job. Everybody was very excited. So congratulations to that. So I, know, I just wanted to bring that up because I know that's a, uh, it, 
that's it is important, and they should get uh, they should get the recognition that they deserve. I'll post some pictures of that thing, and I'll show you like the headrest and stuff. It's a cool process. Um. Okay, so the last two things I want to touch on because LA Auto Show is coming up is uh, uh, there's a tomorrow when I go to the show there's a a debut with uh, with Porsche they're doing the Dakar Porsche that off road 911 that should be super cool to see that modern day 911 like when we saw all the kind of the 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 photos that Porsche released it's just like black and it just looks like a 911 with big tires on it. And it makes you realize how important the livery is. You know, like if they roll out something retro, like Rothman's, you know, you know, livery or something, that's going to make all the difference in the world. But just seeing it in flat black out in the dirt, and it was like, it just looks like a lifted 911. It looks like something some goofy TV show made. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be cool as shit. But uh, it's got to have the right livery on it. Uh, Porsche getting into the EV game more and more. Um, the uh, the Cayman going to EV, the Macan going to EV, and the specs on this are kind of impressive. I mean, uh, uh, the Porsche Macan. What's a Macan now? Porsche Macan is like four hundred and thirty four horsepower at the top of its lineup. The EV version could be six hundred and three horsepower, a hundred kilowatt battery. Uh, it'll run all four wheels with two motors, one in the front, one in the rear. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's got to have a bit of that, uh, that, that Porsche DNA in it. And if it does, we'll, we'll see. Now they're, they're like the 270 kilowatt fast charging. It's capable of that. You can get, um, you can go from 10% to 80% charge in 25 minutes. I just don't know who the hell's got 270 kilowatt charging capabilities anywhere. Like, you need a nuclear power plant to generate that. Like, I don't know what's going on there. That would be a monster. It would, yeah, it would be a monster. Cause it's funny, cause years ago when they, we were at Monterey at the, at the racetrack and they're like, that's the Taycan and you charge the whole thing in 30 minutes. I'm like, how do you generate that kind of power? Like, yeah, well, nobody could do it. But the car can take it if you could do it. So, uh, anyway, so we're going to, we're going to wrap things up, but I wanted to get into, uh, get into that Porsche Macan lucid, of course, uh, is getting into the SUV game. Um, it's called the gravity. I, I comment on that real quick. Yeah. Did I, did I mention that when I, went out to LA and did NCIS. There was a lucid out there in the parking lot. It was Danielle's husband's and that I checked it out while I was out there. No, you didn't talk about it. You didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, Just real quick. I was not impressed just visually. It it did nothing for me. It didn't, it did not do anything what that I thought it was going to do. Number one or two, don't you think they should concentrate on (laughs) fixing that car before they (laughs) build it? Yes. So here's the thing is they'll announce an SUV or the concept of an SUV. And by the time that hits the market, it's a couple days, a couple years out. And they'll they'll be building it off of the platform of the car. So as they improve the car, we'll have the groundwork for the SUV. Um, I've seen a few of the Lucids around town. And certainly at night, it just looks like RoboCop's helmet with this, yeah. you know, coming at you. Um this is another one of those things where uh, 
I, I think we like it for what it stands for, for what it's capable of doing. We have a big full-size sedan that can you know, have 400-plus mile range, over 1,000 horsepower, and you know, hauls the bacon. So I, I kind of like it for that reason. But I also like the Nissan GTR because that thing's just a badass all-wheel drive Japanese supercar. But is it the most – is it the prettiest car in the world? Not, not really. It's not really the prettiest looks car. looks a lot better than the Lucid. It does, yeah. Um, I did you get a chance to get in the Lucid or, or check out the interior or anything? Yeah, I didn't even want to. I looked inside of it, but the 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 visual blahness of it, it didn't. I mean, it was it did not jump out in the parking lot by any stretch of the imagination. And and the weird kind of two tone paint thing that they were doing with like um, with like the stainless roof or whatever. I'm not sure what the color was of that one you saw, but. It was white. I think it was gray or tannish at the bottom of it or yeah. something. Color. I, I don't know, but it was a lighter color. So Lucid has this um, Sapphire, which is their super high-end, like $250,000. It's basically the, the Tesla Plaid of Lucid's. And they had them up at the track at Laguna Seca. They had them there during Monterey Car Week, and they had them there during the Velocity Invitational. And they were doing parade laps in it, but that car was just like blacked out or it was like a dark blue or dark purple, like, and the dark wheels, like all of a sudden they made it really mean looking instead of going for the ultra luxury, you know, two tone, you know, stainless roof, light color, tan interior. They were like, let's just, let's just kind of murder this thing out and make it, see if we can make it kind of badass because we're taking it on the track and we're, you know, this is our hot rod version. And it started to look pretty fucking cool done that and way. Maybe that's the only way it can look. Yeah. Because- um, I just wasn't impressed. Yeah, and, and, and it could be one of those things where you you drive it, and that's what changes your mind. Who knows? Yeah, like, but it's too ugly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be caught dead. Uh, okay, well then, the gravity. The gravity is something we're gonna take a look at soon. We'll get more images of the actual design uh, in in the near future. But they're talking about. Uh, Pretty good size SUV. Their S, their sedans are big, so the SUV they're looking at a seven passenger three row SUV, um, and uh, they said to you know expect what Lucid has been promising the whole time. Expect an SUV with you know four hundred mile plus range and uh, a high performance version. Something that's going to be pretty fast. Um, and uh, we'll kind of see what that's going to look like. Now, there's a few of the images, you know, like from the interior, kind of this black and white thing, lots of glass all around. It looks interesting. It looks like it'd be pretty cool. So um, I've I've got uh, I've got faith in a few of these companies. I, I like what they're doing. Rimac and Rivian and Lucid. They're not all going to make it. Not everyone's going to make it. Um, I think LA Auto Show this year is going to be. A little bit of of last year, it's any of these EV companies that survived the past year um, financially, uh, I think they're going to have a bigger presence this year. Mullen and some of these other companies. Fisker, I think Fisker is starting to build the first cars now. Delivery is going to happen soon. So I think think we're going to see less traditional stuff at the LA Auto Show. I don't know if Mercedes is even going, for example. Um, and I think we're going to see more like EVs, you know, get because, you know, there's a few press days or the press day for the LA Auto Show, but then it's a consumer show you would get tickets to and you go and see cars and sit in them, 
you know, for the next whatever, 10 days or two weeks or something like that. And mm-hmm. I think all those EV companies, they really need to hit that LA market Absolutely. with these new EVs. And some of the stuff I've seen is is gorgeous stuff. I'm just, you know, again, it's all the same issues. It's like, is it going to work? How many years is it going to take to get the bugs worked out? The whole thing. It's kind of what we were saying about the SEMA Fest. SEMA mm-hmm. Fest, they, they want to do an auction and live shows and music and food. I was like, great. My only advice to everybody is give it three years before you pass judgment because it's going to take three years to get the bugs worked out and figure out traffic and 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 what works and what doesn't work. Don't go to SEMA Fest next year and be like, this sucks. <laughs> like you got to give it a minute. <laughs> I'm just going to reserve judgment. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I, I'd love to participate and be a part of whatever they are doing out there, but you gotta, you got to be a little patient with, with anything like this. So, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out to the Auto Show uh, 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 soon, so we're going to wrap things up. But um, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Have fun. Yeah, yes, post some more uh, uh, stuff on the garage so we can see some of the details. I know you got the time lapse videos and stuff, but now I kind of want to see some of the details. Show me some of that uh, that interior wall and stuff. I'm curious. I'm My interior ceiling's going to look like that wall behind. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, these are good panels. Yeah, these sound panels. The, the, the and, wood in the wood. The yeah, wood. yeah, yeah. It's going to be cool. It'll be interesting. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.